for somebody who really has a high need for affirmation, I, I don't think that's a fun place to live when you constantly feel you need that. And I think most people just, just to maybe hear this and recognize like, wow, I wonder if that is me. Like, do I wear people out? Is Do I have those high demands to ask yourself why? And then, you know, maybe you do need more of the self-affirmation. Like, man, I, I can live life without all of that praise, all of that time. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Mind-Muscle Connection. I'm Joe Klimczewski with Tyler Weeb. Today, we're going to talk about affirmation. Um, I try to think of a better title, Tyler, but it really comes down to that. And I, I came at it first from a perspective that a few people around me incessantly need affirmation. They have to be the center of attention. They they're, they're just exhausting. Matter of fact, I, I will say a friend of mine came to me after spending time with another friend and just said, my God, that person is so freaking exhausting. Like I just felt like I had to take a nap after being around him because that person just, just, just needs that. And interestingly, I decided I, I need to look into this a little bit more because we all need affirmation. We do. Like we would all wilt without it. We have to have it. But at some point, some people either need more or there's a, a reason they feel like they can never get enough. And so I, I did a little reading and looking some things up and found Gabor Mate, a pretty popular psychiatrist, had a lot to say about this. And he said there is a the natural need for affirmation, as I described. But somebody who just never feels like they got enough or they they just constantly need it, it's never filled up, it's just all rooted in trauma. He said, plain and simple, it's just trauma, 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 trauma. So I'm curious what your thoughts are just on the topic, because it was so random, I'm sure, of me to say, hey, let's do one on affirmation. <laughs> yeah, when I got the message, I was like, oh, that that was different. I, I don't know what I was expecting, but uh, not not affirmation. And you know, you're kind of talking about maybe a, a better title. Um, and the, I think the word empathy came to mind as well. And in a sense of, you know, they can almost be married together when, you know, you are dealing with someone where it's like, hey, you know, this this is that reality in, in being for them and being able to take that step back and have that empathy and, you know, realize it from that viewpoint where, you know, someone is always, you know, looking for that affirmation, you know, there, there is a true reality there for that person where, yeah, there is that trauma, you know, there is that whatever they might be looking for. So that was, you know, I, don't know, I hope maybe that works as well and can maybe blend into our conversation, but yeah, affirmation, I think it can be a tricky thing for someone like myself who who does look for affirmation and wants to be seen and, and wants to be heard and not in a in an arrogant type of way, but in just a very basic need way where, you know, that was maybe something that I hadn't, you know, gotten a lot of in my life, you know, throughout, you know, my experience. Um because a lot of times, you know, it can feel like you're also almost like begging not begging for it but like you can almost like whining for it complaining for it i don't know if that quite the words quite work i hope you kind of know what i mean here as well as the listeners but 
you know, you can almost feel like a burden on some people because it's, you know, a lot of the times it's, I just want to hear a good job. Like that's, you know, it can be just as basic as that type of stuff that I don't need much. Just tell me occasionally that I'm on the right path or I'm doing a good job or you like this. And, you know, it's, people will say, you know, no news is good news, not for someone like me. I interpret it no news as, as bad, as negative, as that, you know, I am not part of something if I'm just being not, I wouldn't say ignored, but just not hearing any feedback or any affirmation on, on what I'm doing. And so, yeah, for myself, it's, it's a big struggle because I'll have that big back and forth where, you know, I'll really want to hear it, but I also don't want to bother somebody and almost grovel for it. You know, you want it to be natural. So it can be a a hard thing for, for someone that, um, you know, really does look for it and and kind of, you know, quote unquote needs it uh, a little bit more in their life, maybe. And we both coach a lot of bodybuilding competitors, physique sport competitors, and talk about a population where this need is a little bit higher or a lot higher because, you know, we're, we're getting on a stage where we're looking for that attention in some capacity. Some people, um, you know, for somebody like me, that was the worst part of it. I love the entire process up to it. I, I just love the transformation. I love the markers along the way of progress. And then the day of the contest, I hated. I just wanted to get it over with because that's I'm totally introverted in the opposite. Yeah. And this, you know, I hope people can see the difference here between the normal need and then even from childhood, because Dr. Matei talked about, you know, that's where these traumas come from. And then how we can go from one side to a corrective, you know, felt perception of having enough. So, for example, I had both a mom and a dad who were completely supportive, did nothing but but build security and independence. There was nothing but but spoken pride and affirmation. So my ego needs and my need for attention are just really, really low. I mean, they just are. Um, but like you said, I still love to hear that I'm doing a good job. I love to be affirmed but I don't feel the need to seek it out. The way I recharge and the way I feel better is to go, I need time by myself. Um, Other people who have those higher affirmation needs, they've got to constantly be around people where they they just have all that friction of complimentary uh, interaction. But when he said trauma, here's how he described trauma. He is from Hungary or Austria I think it was Hungary, and he's got to be close to 80 years old at this point. So his grandparents were killed in Auschwitz. His mother uh, had to hide from the Nazis. And so there were times where literally like as a one, two, three-year-old child, you know, he just remembers even as a, as a young boy just being on the run and being a burden. Every Everybody was just trying to survive. And he went through an ayahuasca journey or no, I'm sorry. It was a guided psilocybin therapy intervention. And he said this was when he was about 70 years old. So he went into a heavy, heavy dose of psilocybin, probably close to five grams. And then he, he, he was with a counselor, licensed mental health therapist. And he said the first thing he did when he was really submerged in the psychedelic experience was Connecting with his inner child, he said, I felt like I was one year old and all I did with this therapist was sob and sob and sob. And the first words that came out of my mouth 
was to my mother, I'm so sorry I was a burden to you. I'm so sorry I was a burden. I'm so sorry I was a burden. And so he's grown up his whole life. Like that's been in his subconscious that I'm not worthy of affirmation. I was a burden to my family. And that's how deep these kind of things can go. We don't have to have run from Nazis to have that level of trauma. You can have parents that were super critical. You can come from a family where everybody was just so busy. This is why some people who are the babies of the family end up being the class clowns, the people who need more affirmation because they're just kind of tugged along and, and they they have to fight for that attention. So this this stuff goes deep in our beginning wiring as children. Yeah, um, I mean, even like kind of, you know, similar experience for me. I mean, mine wasn't on psilocybin, you know, mine was just in a, in a therapy session, but you know, it was kind of that, you know, looking at yourself as a kid. And and for myself, it was, you know, saying like, you are enough, you know, you are loved, you know, you are, you know, yeah, you are enough. And so it, it took a lot of, it took a lot of years to get there and to those layers of, of working through just like initial, you know, top of the brain stuff and, and really kind of uncovering and peeling back the layers of, you know, where all of this is coming from. And so, yeah, it, you know, I think once you kind of have that realization, you know, at least for myself, like it's still, you know, still certainly a, a big struggle for, for me and, and going in that back and forth. But I think part of it too, you know, it did, that does kind of start that healing process of, you can have affection for yourself and that can be, you know, uh, you know, enough. I know we say that we definitely still need it. We'll wilt without it from other people. But, you know, I think in one sense, it, it really brought it home where, you know, I can tell myself I'm enough and that can be an affection, but also narrowing that focus of, you know, who do I care to get affection from? And, you know, the, the levels of what it matters and how much it impacts me. Um, you know, uh, uh, affection from my wife in, in many different ways is going to be far more important than, you know, whomever, right? That might be still within my circle. And so I think it was also bringing in that kind of confidence as well, where, you know, you can kind of come back from that, you know, you're looking for it from everywhere, you can, and then realizing you can find it within yourself. And, you know, those that are very close to you, you know, that can be enough. Yeah, I I love that you actually led with empathy and the fact that we're looking at other people and their need for that. There is a substantial amount of research that if if even just self-affirmation, let's go there first. As corny as it seems to have this as a therapeutic exercise, a, a therapist may say, Hey, five times a day, you need to look yourself, you know, look at yourself in the mirror and say these things. And, and there are books and videos on just the types of affirmations. You can even play them in the background, like playlists of these words that are in just incredibly encouraging and specific. And research shows that those people who are consistent with that go through substantial neuroplastic rewiring where dopamine receptors become more sensitive to that. And, and that this is part of that mesolimbic dopamine system where we are seeking it. You know, that's what drives us. We seek affirmation. That's a goal. We have to continually pursue it. And, and this rewiring is, is 
is consistently shown to happen. And it made me think, I didn't find anything on this, so I'm not going to say this is is going to hold up to the same kind of scrutiny. But from other people, I, I just have to throw out the conjecture that it's even more meaningful. If you can get that kind of of rewiring in in real neurons in your brain, we crave this acceptance and this affirmation from other people. If we can substitute that, call it affirmation, masturbation, we can do that for ourselves and it creates real biological neural change. Imagine when we are getting it from the people we want it from. And and I would say in relationship counseling, I mean, that's probably what 99% of relationship counseling is is coming from, is that that desire to be reconnected like you once were. So I, I think you're exactly right bringing up like your wife and saying, hey, I I really need you to be this way for me. And we could even probably, you're, you're familiar with the, the five love languages? Like what's yeah. one of them? Words of affirmation. Uh, words of affirmation, yeah. Yeah. So it, yeah, yeah go, go ahead. Oh, I, you know, I, I was going to, yeah, I was going to kind of just piggyback on that. And like my wife and I, like we're, we're in marriage counseling right now. And not because anything's horrible, but we bought a house. We went through COVID. We had a kid. We're very, you know, deep into new like careers all within the span of about a year and a half. Right. Like we did all of these major life changes, got a dog. Right. Like, and so there was that just natural disconnect where like it wasn't that. And, you know, kind of what you said about how a lot of marriage counseling is just now working on, you know, that affirmation. And that has been a big part of it of just like being vulnerable enough to say, hey, this is, you know, what I need on a deep level of that affirmation or that empathy or, you know, whatever it might be. And so, yeah, just kind of funny that I guess we were talking about this today and, and this is part of kind of just what, you know, is a big factor in my life at the moment and, and things that, you know, I'm just really focusing on and making sure that not only am I asking for the affirmation, I am also giving and being aware of, you know, the, the affirmations that, you know, my wife may need. And so it's, um, yeah, it's at the forefront of my mind right now, especially a lot these days. Well, neither one of us are mental health therapists, but we have some experience. I, I it's it's bizarre that so many of my friends are therapists. Um, maybe that says something about me. <laughs> you get free therapy all the time now. <laughs> um, so when my wife and I were in counseling as well, and specifically marriage therapy, and both of us having individual therapy, uh, one of the first exercises this therapist did for us, and I've since found out it's very very common, is to look at each other. And, you know, he would say to one person, okay, here's kind of the prompt. You say this, the other person has to repeat it back. This is what I heard you say, blank, blank, blank. Was that correct? And part of the communication problem my wife and I were having was so identified right there because, you know, when she repeated those words back to me, I said, uh, yeah, that's no, that's not what I said. And then we did it again. I repeated it and counselor said, okay, now Tracy, repeat that back. And after about five times I said, yeah, that, you know, that was right. And he said, no, it wasn't like you, you can't bail her out. Like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. You just and, give up. <laughs> and and, and it, it was so bizarre that she just could not do it. And, and he said again, like for whatever reason, going back to her childhood, um, she just was, she was already thinking what to say. Like, as soon as I would say something, her brain was somewhere else and she just wasn't even looking. 
wasn't even thinking. And so her homework was when you and Joe are talking, Tracy, you have to stop and look at him and your eyes are on his lips, just like if we were in this session. And dude, the first time that I saw her actually do that, like like she's working, like she's taking this therapy serious, that was affirmation. Like it yeah. just it just made me feel so deeply that wow, she's she's trying. And that's what we do for each other. And, and so to, to spin this back to your original point of empathy, like just to realize other people, if, if they have such a high need for affirmation, if we give them that, that's the confidence they need. You know, that's almost going to create that neuroplasticity that then they don't quite feel as empty without it. Yeah. It's like, that's just, you know, it's just so crazy how you both can hear the exact same words and drive completely two different meanings from the exact same words. And I think it's just, it's such an important lesson on just how our experience and our reality drives that thought process. And just that, you know, that, that um, what's uh, blanking on the right word, but kind of that, just that a circular thinking that we can kind of fall into and just our own perception and like, just how quickly we'll just go with that and assume that's what that person means when like, in reality, you guys are on complete opposite sides of the spectrum, despite hearing the exact same words together. It's just, yeah, I think it's just such a good lesson in in having just that affirmation of, of listening and understanding and empathy of you don't know what that person means. And so being able to repeat it back to them and go, hey, is this what you meant? Man, like that's just, it's so important. It didn't, I think we just brought that up as well. Like I've heard it somewhere where if you're able to do that, like they've done studies where if you're doing it with like someone, let's say just on the opposite political spectrum, it brings down the, the anger and the angst and the fighting so much because now you are very much interacting with that person. And it shows that you were truly actually trying to understand their perspective and not just, you know, like your wife, you know, like Tracy was already doing was coming with her thought process already before she even understood what you were trying to say. And what I want to do to finish is bring it back to our personal responsibility in recognizing this, because obviously I, I had things to work on as well interrelationally. But for somebody who really, even with cause, has a high need for affirmation, I, I don't think that's a fun place to live when you constantly feel you need that. And I think most people just, just to maybe hear this and recognize like, wow, I wonder if that is me. Like, do I wear people out? Is Do I have those high demands? You know, to ask yourself why, and then, you know, maybe you do need more of the self-affirmation. Like, man, I, I can live life without all of that praise, all of that time. Uh, and maybe just the sensitivity of you giving it to others. Because if you're somebody who's constantly begging to be that center of attention, you're obviously taking it away from other people. So again, non-therapist, but I think a, a good activity would be, wow, maybe I need to stop and listen more and I need to be more affirming to other people. And as I give that, I will feel like, A, they're wanting to reciprocate to that to that point. But at the same time, you know, the cliche, it's better to give than receive. is like, I, I think you would really feel more connected to other people when you are on the other end, giving more than you even expect. Amen. All right. Well, I hope that helps again, because 
physique sport people, you know, I mean, we're, you know, it, it's, I, I see it in our crowd a little bit more. So I, I would really just love for people to walk away feeling like, man, this is a place I can gain some security. And if that's anything in my life, then I can kind of subdue that and just feel happier and more at ease. But we will see you guys next time in the Mind Muscle Connection.